Welcome to the Hat Soil Health Podcast, a production of Hoosier Ag Today and made possible by the Indiana Conservation Cropping Systems Initiative, a program of the Indiana Conservation Partnership. Once a month, we'll spotlight the many efforts around Indiana by CCSI and its many partners to improve soil health on Indiana cropland. Here's the host of the Hat Soil Health Podcast, Eric Pfeiffer. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening to the Hat Soil Health Podcast. On today's program, we're going to talk about weed control on those prevent plant acres. Undersecretary Bill Northey has suggested that we might exceed 10 million prevent plant acres. So here to talk about weed control is Dr. Aaron Hager. Dr. Hager is an associate professor in the Department of Crop Sciences at the University of Illinois. Aaron, thank you so much for joining us here on the program. Let's talk first, how bad could this get as far as weed pressure on these prevent plant acres? I think without a doubt, uh, we're looking at a tremendous return of weed seed into the soil seed bank at the end of the 2019 season. If we're not more proactive and try to implement some sort of a tactic to control this vegetation before it actually reaches that reproductive stage. And, you know, one other consequence of what has happened here in 2019 is that in many parts of the Midwest, initial planting obviously was delayed, but we had a significant delay also in our attempts to try to control many of the winter annuals this spring. And with the continued precipitation that we had, we were simply not able to either work the ground or get some sort of a burn-down herbicide program applied. So we had a tremendous return already of weed seed of many of the winter annual species. So that's something, obviously, I don't think a lot of farmers really would like to think forward into the fall of 2019 on what to do for winter annuals. But I think our seed return from, from those particular species was very, very high this spring and we could be looking at some very impressive densities of winter annuals also this fall. Well, they may be wanting to look forward just simply so they don't have to look back at what this season's been, but but you're right, it's it's going to be a, a struggle there as well. Let's talk about some of the strategies that we can employ that uh, will really perhaps help with some of that. Uh, first of all, tillage. I know that here on the, the Soil Health Podcast, we, we like to talk about the conservation cropping systems. And, and as little tillage as possible. But it sounds like in this instance, there's going to need to be some tillage. Uh, is, is there a possibility of, of trying to reduce that as much as possible? And, and what, what recommendations do you have? We really feel as though at this point in the, in the season, Eric, that trying to control the existing vegetation with some sort of a non-selective herbicide or a, a, another burn down is probably going to be, number one, ineffective, and number two, uh, pose some challenges of potential off-target herbicide movement that we really don't want to see. And the reason we're saying this is that if you think about the height now of some of the summer annuals in the field, we've got you know, water hemp and, and mare's tail and giant ragweed in Illinois approaching four to five feet tall right now. So in order to get adequate coverage, think about how high you're going to have to set that boom. And again, the coverage is going to be a critically important and very difficult to achieve. So we really feel as though some other tactic is, is the first step forward that we need to try to implement to control these, this vegetation. The, uh, we could use a combination of tactics. We have tillage options, obviously. 
but if we get into scenarios where, again, the, these fields are very rank with vegetation, we could consider something like mowing it first and then coming back with a perhaps less aggressive piece of tillage equipment and try to achieve, again, control of this vegetation before it actually does produce seed. In other, in other instances, I'm afraid we're going to probably have to be somewhat aggressive with the tillage, maybe even two passes um, to get these things adequately controlled. Again, I'm with Dr. Aaron Hager. He is an associate professor in the Department of Crop Sciences at the University of Illinois, specializing in plant protection and weed science. And Aaron, let's talk a little bit more about that mowing. I'm reading an article that you wrote talking about how repeated mowing can help suppress that weed growth. It might not prevent seed production, though. It could help suppress the growth as well as actually it can help reduce seed production. So right now is our worst case scenario, so to speak, if we don't do anything with the summer annuals. They're growing very rapidly. Uh, They really don't have a crop to compete against. All they're really doing is competing against themselves right now. So without any sort of control, these plants that have been in the field all season, you're looking at a you know scenario where seed production is going to be about at its maximum. On the other hand, now, if we go and we mow these plants down, okay, we, as you indicated, we may not actually kill those plants. They may be able to regrow. But now, given the shortness of the remainder of the season and having these plants having to regrow from a fairly aggressive mowing operation, the quantity of seed that they would produce at the end of the year would be much less compared with what it's going to be right now. So there can be advantages, obviously, to mowing. But again, we're, we're very hopeful that the weed seed return at the end of the year is more close to zero than just a little bit. Because obviously for any seed that's produced this year that enters into the seed bank, that's going to affect our potentially affect our management program as well as the cost of that management program for many years into the future. This is the Hat Soil Health Podcast. It's presented by the Conservation Cropping Systems Initiative of Indiana, and you can visit them online at ccsin.org. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. I've got Dr. Aaron Hager here with me, Associate Professor in the Department of Crop Sciences at University of Illinois. He's a weed specialist and Let's talk a little bit about cover crops. We like to talk about cover crops on this program, Aaron. And right now, it seems as though, as according to our last podcast we did, there is a very tight supply of cover crops. One, is that still the case? And two, is it a problem for this season? That's been my indication that I've picked up uh, through various articles that I've read in the farm press that there is that general shortage of many different types of species that are used in cover crops. Many predict that that shortage could be alleviated within a couple of months after some of these cover crop fields have been harvested and that seed processed. But as we speak here today, yes, that's the general understanding that there could be a lack of seed. But we still hope that we can alleviate or maybe perhaps find alternate sources or alternate species that could serve as a cover crop because having something growing in that field and competing with the weeds, that's ultimately a very good step forward in reducing, again, that seed load that could be produced without having some type of crop growing in these prevent plant acres. Aaron, one of those alternatives may be corn and soybeans. It was recently approved to use corn and soybeans as cover crops here in Indiana. Talk a little bit about what that can provide. I know it's going to be a little bit different uh, mindset for farmers as you're not going to be able to harvest this for grain. Actually, uh, uh, one of our retired agronomists here at the University of Illinois, Dr. Emerson Napsiger, has actually written on that topic. 
and published uh, his thoughts in, in one of our bulletins, uh, I think probably about two or three weeks ago. And the idea of using corn or soybean may seem a little bit odd at first thought, but if the if we continue to have shortage of other species and we can actually use something like corn or soybean, again, having something that's growing in the field that we really want there and competing with the weeds, even though it may sound a little bit strange, a little bit odd, is something that, again, provides that shade, shades that soil surface, and really reduces the ability of any other summer annual species to uh, produce any uh, or any appreciable quantity of seed by the end of the year. As it relates to cover crops, do you have any particular tips uh, that, that folks can take advantage of that, that when they're using those cover crops, uh, again, here, once it uh, probably turns after September is when we might get some of those in since that's the new uh, harvest date for this year. Uh, any tips with that that they could use to help uh, reduce these weeds? Actually, again, you're starting clean with with a field that doesn't have any existing vegetation. I think is going to be very important to allowing these cover crops to quickly become established and begin to function and serve that role to suppress any further weed growth. Um, I think now you know we 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 typically are flying on cover crop seed and standing corn in Illinois. But obviously now, given our conditions, we may have more of an opportunity to actually direct seed with, say, a, a drill. And so the stands of the cover crop that could become established, I think, this fall could be very good, very robust. And again, as we mentioned earlier at the beginning of the conversation, you know, we, we in the back of our mind, we're still considering what we could be facing with many of the winter annuals. And so a well-established cover crop hopefully can obviously function to help give us any suppression of not only our summer annual species, but some of the winter annual species that are going to be germinating and emerging this fall. Dr. Aaron Hager is with me here on the Hat Soil Health Podcast presented by the Conservation Cropping Systems Initiative, associate professor at the University of Illinois, a weed specialist. And Aaron, let's get your final thoughts here on this tumultuous season that farmers have been facing. What, uh, what, overall recommendations do you have? You know, I, I think, Eric, we've hit a lot of the things that, you know, not only us here, but others have, you know, have written on this thing. We're really not advising at this point in time any kind of, you know, residual herbicide to be used. You know, we've got rotational intervals to be worried about. We need to have something growing in this field. I don't really think that we just want to have a, a bare naked field for the rest of the year. So we, we've, anybody who's asked about that, we've really discouraged that you know, especially now that we're here in the middle of July. But I think, you know, the important points are what can we do to try to eliminate that existing vegetation and then take steps to try to prevent any reestablishment of that vegetation. If we can do that, I think I think we're going to win the battle. My thanks again to Dr. Aaron Hager, Associate Professor at the University of Illinois. He's a weed specialist, and, man, those weeds are already looking pretty bad out there. If you've not done anything yet, you need to get on it soon. Hopefully you were able to take away a few things from today's podcast hopefully, because that's kind of the reason we do this, is to provide some education. There are always educational opportunities. You can find them at ccsin.org. You can click on the Soil Health Events tab, and you can subscribe there to the Soil Health Events newsletter, and you can have those events arrive in your inbox every couple of weeks. My thanks to the Conservation Cropping Systems Initiative for sponsoring today's podcast. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. This has been a production of Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's leading farm network.